coming to you from the Strings and Things studio. This is the Strings Unraveled Book Club. This time we did uh, John Steinbeck's The Grapes of Wrath, which is a book that I I put into the pot. It's Anne's fault we did this It one. is. Um, <laughs> I liked it. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm, I don't regret reading it. Uh, I don't regret reading it, no. Yeah. And it definitely felt like school. It was not the light, interesting, what am I finding reading that we've done in the I last two. I must be a two. nerd. I totally love this. I enjoy it. I am a history nerd. I love yeah. all things. And I remember this. Okay, I'll wait till it's my turn. You remember this book? From 1939. I remember studying this time period <laughs> twice as a homeschool mom Fair with enough. my kids. <laughs> so, and it brought interesting memories for me back of this was the time when I was trying to sabotage my grades so I can change schools. And so I, I phoned it in. I like purposefully did not read this mm -hmm. book. So that's why I kept getting confused. I, I'm sorry. I don't understand those words. I know. I purposefully sabotaged my grades. What? Because then... That was my lifeline. Oh, I love school. Was school was my lifeline. But I hated where I was going. I had made a mistake oh. in choosing the high school that all of my classmates went to instead of something local. Mm. And um, my mom wouldn't let me change. So the only way I saw out was to sabotage my quarter grades so she would feel like she had to let me change. And did it work? Yeah. Oh. I went to the high school I wanted to go to. <laughs> and the hard feelings dissipated eventually. And was it worth it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I made my all my lifelong friends. I mean, yeah, it, it was the best thing that could have happened for me at that time. Um, and it turns out my big brother, who's 10 years older than me, did exactly the same thing at the, exactly the same school. I feel like we talked about this to, on another podcast. No, to school. So... Yeah. So maybe that's why it worked because your mom had already experienced this well, with one child. Well, she knew there was, that is the joy of being a middle is that your parents are a little broken down already. So <laughs> they know the fights that are worth having. Yeah. She was really mad about it, but it was. Like she knew exactly what you were doing. Yeah. I didn't know my brother had done this same thing. So <laughs> it's not like we collaborated. He's like, Anne, this is how you get out of This is how you get out of it. <laughs> I would feel pretty, I, she hates, like, she is the one I learned the fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Mm -hmm. And so she got fooled by the same scam. That would make her mad, yeah. And she, a mom, yeah. she I, didn't expect you to do that. I have done lots of things that changed the path of my life that she didn't expect from me. She really should have just named me the Spanish Inquisition. What a thing to name a child. <laughs> You're so, making that up. She should have. Oh, she nobody, should. nobody expects the Spanish, the Spanish Inquisition. Inquisition. I mean, you, that would be a great name. Monty Python friends. No? And now it's time for the comfy chair. <laughs> um, so back to Grapes of Wrath. It also took me right back to school. And that's why I kept asking Katie and Karen if they had been to the barn yet. <laughs> Like if they were at the barn scene yet? Yeah, and I, thought, and I didn't know what you were talking about. I thought it happened in the middle. Like at the beginning of the book or the end of the book? I to. thought that the ending, chapter 30, was in the event, middle of the book. The ex Like the last thing that happened. Because you said that and I was like, I think that's like the last scene. I don't know why I'm not. No, I'm not there yet. I haven't finished it. <laughs> it was not my code for 
Have you finished, Have you finished the book yet? <laughs> no. It was... That was I the point that you remember. Do you remember this shocking scene at the end of the book? But I didn't remember that it was the end of the book. You know, somewhere in there. Part of my thoughts were I couldn't remember what happened after that. Because there's nothing to do with it. You're like, oh, okay. Well, yes. I, don't remember, the book. I don't remember much of this book, but man, it made an impression on me. It's, I think this was a yeah. book that I was supposed to read, but I don't think I did. Well, I, I didn't read I any of the know. things I was supposed to do. Teacher, I'll take a zero. Yeah, I did not. You didn't have any nefarious plans. No, I was just lazy. <laughs> okay, so in the tradition we have set, I have a um, synopsis. This, um, I, I wonder, Lit Lovers, is that where you also gotten things i don't remember where i've gotten things this was the only set of book club questions if you google book club questions uh-huh. that came from any source so hmm. it's like somebody made up these questions and then and they're everyone the only else, questions everyone else has cut and pasted Sounds like, them That's thank funny. god i don't have to make that up somebody did the, the hard ones for bernadette were like actually in the back of the, the book. book yeah so oh, i don't know wow um okay grapes of wrath john steinbeck 1939 uh, the Grapes of Wrath is a landmark of American literature, a portrait of the conflict between the powerful and the powerless, of one man's fierce reaction to injustice and of one woman's stoical stre- strength. The novel captures the horrors of the Great Depression and probes into the very nature of equality and justice in America. Although it follows the movement of thousands of men and women and the transformation, transformation of an entire nation... The Grapes of Wrath is also the story of one Oklahoma family, the Jodes, who are driven off their homestead and forced to travel west to the promised land of California. Out of their trials and their repeated collisions against the hard realities of an American, an America divided into haves and have-nots, evolves a drama that is intensely human yet majestic in its scale and moral vision, elemental yet plain-spoken, tragic but ultimately stirring in its human dignity. First published in 1939, The Grapes of Wrath summed up its era in the way that Uncle Tom's Cabin summed up the years of slavery before the Civil War. Sensitive to fascist and communist criticism, Steinbeck insisted that the battle hymn of the Republic be printed in its entirety in the first edition of the book, which takes its title from the verse. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. At once a naturalistic (coughs) epic, captive captivating i'm sorry cap at once a naturalistic epic captivity narrative road novel and transcendental gospel steinbeck's fictional chronicle of the dust bowl migration of the 1930s is perhaps the most american of american classics okay and that is from the publisher so that is how they sell that book publisher is penguin penguin group Probably at this point, Penguin Classics. Yeah. <laughs> there is a lot to unpack in this book. Yeah. What, it's a lot of book. Yeah. What attracted me to it is its climate refugees, mm-hmm. its economic refugees, its classism in America, its where we live, like mm-hmm. it spans the state of California. Uh, it was really neat because we went to Riverside County this weekend and that's where they kind of, I mean, it's not exactly, <coughs> yeah, but, but you it, get the mm-hmm. idea. it's the... the same terrain as where they arrive in California. Uh-huh. Um, so it's kind of neat to be listening while we're driving and through know those that. Places, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, there's a lot. So how long was this book? 
Tw- we listen. I listen to it. I think we all listen to it. It's four hundred and something pages. Uh-huh. Um, let's see if it has that on here. Four hundred sixty-four pages, and I think it was twenty-one and some change. Yeah, hours. I don't remember how long it was. Twenty-one hours plus a few minutes. I don't know if it's like half hour. Or so, um, you commented that it you felt like it was taking. Like, how yes, did you feel I, as you were? <laughs> well, I think part of it is that we the last. Um, book club we did, which was Where'd You Go, Bernadette? We recorded that like forever ago, and yeah. then I started listening to it right after that. Mm-hmm. And it's been like a month and a half, like, yeah, oh, maybe even two months. I don't remember when we recorded <coughs> it, but it's been a long time. It's been a long time, it was like all of December, and now we're halfway yeah. through January. So I started it, and then Christmas happened, so I wasn't really reading anything. And then I feel I feel like this was the only thing I read for the last like two months, which is why it felt like it did take forever. I had to take a break, and I oh, I definitely to some, took a break. Like, some real fluffy um, young adult sci-fi. Yeah. Um, it's just I listen I, to it at like one point five speed most of the time. Number one, the narrator talks real slow. That's real yeah. slow. That's what I was hoping. The point I was hoping oh, to get to. See, on the audiobook, I had it sped up so I didn't notice. Well, yeah, I did too. When you said one you started listening, times. I I went to one point six five. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's real slow. <laughs> that's the way they talk in the middle of the country. Oh, I know, right? but that's I not mean, how that, that would is talk. a Midwest thing. Yeah, Car- yeah. I mean, this is where, that is, yeah. It's a it's the, a, there's sort of a drawl. The California they, took over in you because I do not find you tediously slow. In your no, remember I came in second grade. Yeah. I came when I was about eight. Mm-hmm. But there was a huge difference between I mean Texas and St. Louis. That Midwest mindset is so different. I yeah. Mean, I, you might be shocked. I was a bully in 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 school. I am shocked, and I'm I w- not it wasn't at the same really. Sh- I wasn't really so much a shock. I I learned to behave from boys because girls had politics, and I didn't play politics. So if a boy shoved you down, I learned to shove him back. But see, in the Midwest, well, you'd make a good Ruthie. See, but in the Midwest, <laughs> you play on grass. Oh. And when I came to Van Nuys, they had asphalt. So when you shove somebody and they shove you back. And you're wearing a dress, you learn not to shove. Yeah, so. but I mean, it's just a different. You yeah, know, I learned. To I guess hold I did before, and I. Well, I think it might be a 21 hour book because because he speaks so slowly. He's speaking <coughs> at the rate that someone from that yeah. region of the country would speak. I didn't realize how slow it was because I think I was used to it at like one and a half speed, and then James wanted to listen to it with me one day when we were driving somewhere, and I so I put it on normal speed. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't, I, I can't, I'm just so used to him talking fast. I can't handle this. I'm sorry. I have to speed it up. Um, cause I don't find Steinbeck generally to be a tedious author. No, no. I haven't I read a lot. Certainly did <laughs> in I haven't read a lot of him. I have, I think this is my third book. I read The Red Pony as a girl. And I read Of Mice and Men, and I read, and now I have finally <laughs> truly read men, this. Of I Mice almost, and Men is one of the ones that I actually did read that I was supposed to read. I almost mm-hmm. brought the book I have as one it's of a his, reasonable size. Yeah. I have one of his last ones called The Sun Also Rises. Yeah. And it was like post-divorce. He's in Monterey. And the thing is only like less than half an inch thick. Yeah, this on is a like paperback. an epic. So, yeah. But but I feel it's like... It's From Here to Eternity, then, one of his like other ginormous yeah. ones. Is that Steinbeck? I have no idea. I yeah. think it is. It was so, recommended so on this page oh, okay. while I was looking up our question. <laughs> My problem with this book is I just don't think I like Steinbeck because I feel like he doesn't know when to stop. Number one, it's like some of the chapters are like super long, some of them are super short, but also like the book 
what bothered me is that there's not like a through line plot that you can yeah. follow and i understand why because it's like you're just following this family story but it kept it it was hard for me to keep interested because i didn't know where we were gonna i knew where we were gonna end up but i but, didn't know how we were gonna get there but that's and i also didn't really okay. care how we were gonna <laughs> not, okay but because that's... it took so long and then all of a sudden the book ended and i'm like you could have done the ending could have been as effective two chapters earlier when something well, else bad happened and thus, to them. thus the movie leaves a lot out. I, think, I watched the movie I do, today. I, yeah, watched, yeah, I, I, I made it myself it. finish the book before I could watch the movie. I watched the movie this afternoon. And I found that the movie, some of the scenes, like some of the characters were left out. Is the barn in the movie? No. No. Okay. But neither is the flood in the railroad cars. Yeah, they leave that either. whole part out. I mean, that's huge. See, that's like dramatic. Rosa Sharn doesn't even have her baby in the movie. No. She's just pregnant, and then they're moving on, and they're like, they're on their way to go pick cotton, and that's the end of the book. But I feel after like... Tom has left, I'm and then sorry. or that's the okay, end. Okay, well movie. that's fair. So it, it is weird. <coughs> it sort of has two endings. Yeah, because Tom leaves, and you're like, that could have been the end of the book because he was like our main character we were following, and then all of a sudden we're not with him but anymore. But don't you think there's a transition to where Ma becomes a main character? Oh, definitely. Like, yeah. yeah, I think so. I, yeah. And I think that that moment where Tom leaves and the book doesn't end mm-hmm. just the, really nails that. And that that's something that she's our. That's another our lead. thing to read the book. Because you don't get to, the movie, you don't get to see her character development over and over in the book. They go, "Wow, I never saw Mom ever do that before." Yeah. Whoa, she's well, this when hard she, life. When they introduce is, her, this, the, the the hopefulness of her is start starts to die down as the fierceness of we are going to keep it together. The description of her when she when like he walks in on her mm-hmm. you know, making his making the breakfast and they're gonna startle her um it's so it's steam scene stealing like she immediately steals the show yeah as soon and you as love we her. meet her yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, i bookmarked it in the audiobook but i meant i didn't grab the actual text because i wanted mm-hmm. to come back to the way that Steinbeck describes her in that introduction is uh-huh. so poignant. But like, you even see a touch of their their marriage, their relationship, that the father's like, oh, let's surprise her. Let's do this little joke on her. And whereas, I, I was kind of you know, a little disappointed in the movie because in the movie, it's more like, hi, Ma, I'm here. That's so interesting, Karen, because it kept striking me in the later chapters about how he kept, like, I love it when they have their showdown of, <coughs> I'm going to get a stick and I'm going to beat you. Yeah, and she's yeah. like, and she's like I got a stick right here. Yeah. 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 That's you your stick is, your, is, yeah. is your stick as big as mine? But, like, that's not, that's not what we see uh-uh. from them. We see, like, love and, and tenderness. Yeah. We see love, but we see what the hardness of this is forcing her out of her character. Yeah. She's the tender nurturer. I but don't know. Also, I feel she... like, I feel like if I had listened to it, and I would have been bored out of my mind for because it, it would have been slow, but I do feel like the road trip is a very long it you get the feeling that oh it takes a couple days it probably took more than a week it probably took a couple weeks it to was travel very that nebulous yeah. how long they were gone i and also did anybody else picture the beverly hillbillies truck yes yeah. oh, I, okay i think i'm sure the beverly hillbillies truck is supposed to evoke yeah. Oh, that's true. It was probably inspired by that. I wasn't that. entirely sure where we were going to go because in my mind, the book was mostly just about getting to California. Yeah. And then halfway through the book, or not even halfway, they're in California. I'm like, where the hell are we going to go now? Like, I thought the book was going to be over <laughs> by the time they got oh, to no, California. No. And then I was like, okay, now we got a lot more be- book okay, left. Okay, because... 
He's setting you up just in the beginning. You feel like we're just going to get to California and everything we hope I for expected was it to happen. take a lot longer for them to get there. Yeah. Um, I was constantly returning to my own family history, too. I mean, I think we all have. It'd be interesting to know, like your family roots start in this region of the country. My my no. My family was in California. Uh My, I mean, they were, yeah, you're right. Our family, my grandmother, they they were all part of that migration that came through St. Louis. Did they turn back, though, or they stayed in St. Louis? They they went through St. Louis to come to California because that's where the work was. Were they the smart people who left, though? Like, all those people who were like, stop! (laughs) My grandmother was, my grandmother was born in 1914, and but she was married here. Remember, my mother she was she she was already here. Well, I guess she would have gotten here gotten here in the thirties. Um, she her uncle and her aunt were already here. So, um, but her her father was one of the art one of the um, building inspectors for the city downtown city hall in Los Angeles. He died in a cave in when they were first building it. So they were already here, before be, before the big migration happened. Got it. My dad's grandparents. <clears throat> were Okies from Oklahoma. So my grandmother came from Kansas. My husband's grandmother also came from Kansas. Mm-hmm. So like neither of our families would have shaped the way it was from if they had Well, right. Okay, so the depression area was not just Oklahoma or Arkansas. They were called Arkies, but it was a lot of Midwest. Oh yeah. yeah. It was so well, they meet they meet you're like you're not you're not what you're not they didn't here, call yeah. them Okies. They called them Reds. No, well, no, no, it was a nice thing between the two families. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Winslows? The Win- Wilsons. No, Wilsons. Wilsons are not in the movie. <laughs> it was the Wainwrights at the end. Yeah. And the Wilsons. Yeah. So when they ha- meet that family, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, you're not like us. You have a funny way of talking. Yeah, they're from like but they Oklahoma City or something. But they called them something nicer, though. Yeah. They called them like, they called the, the Oklahoma residents called themselves something Yeah, I don't nicer. remember. Oak, Okies and Arkies were those those terms were slurs yeah, yeah. put upon by other people. Now yeah. it, I think this attitude towards migrant people is the same as they had for gypsies and for it's anybody the same else. As it's everything. Any, that was like it's why? the established city. That's yeah. still a, that's folk still a thing. To migrant. Oh yeah. yeah. There's you, a migrant camp of workers in Fillmore, and yeah. I remember people talking about them like... And it was built for the migrant workers. Yeah, and I had to walk past them every day on my way to school, and I remember thinking, because I had heard from other people that, like, I like it, it was dangerous, and you can't trust them, and, you know, they're not good people. I'm like, they're just people who are trying to support their families. Well, see, and, you know, the, the fact of the matter is there probably were bad people in there. Just, like, every True. percentage of everywhere where human beings are, are bad. there are bad, bad people. people. But and the huge ju- majority of people are people who, like they keep saying, I but just got to eat, right? I'm just trying to feed my family. Just yeah. trying to feed my family. Yeah. But and- the, in the Hooverville, they're treated like non-humans. Yeah, and they actually the say they're can, less than human. They're, mm-hmm. hum- they're human. Mm-hmm. They're self-governance, I, which I is like the I almost grabbed my book that had pictures of that, so you guys could see. They're the, the, that's the most American yeah. idea, is yeah. like self-governance. And of the people, for the people, by the people. But, again, it was the we're going to govern ourselves because we're, no matter where we go outside of here, we're going to be outsiders. Mm-hmm. People in the community are always always look askance to people who are going to come through but not stay and contribute. What kind but of, even but if they you were wanted never to, given the opportunity. Because you're different. 
<laughs> well, because so, you're other. Yeah. So on one side, I was looking at, oh, my grandmother came from the Midwest. They were definitely they were part of this migration. Mm-hmm. She was born in 1911, so she would have been like you know Rose of Sharon kind of contemporary. Mm-hmm. And um, my family, my dad, my paternal side. What? How do you say that? They're both paternal. Anyway, my grandfather's family were first generation immigrants from France Mm -hmm. and my great grandfather was one of these farmers. Mm -hmm. I like to think that he was like, because I know that my dad worked and he worked the Mm -hmm. land and they grew lima beans, which Mm -hmm. I meant to look up today of like, what is the lima bean harvesting? (laughs) Which is what our county, our county of Ventura is founded on is lima beans. We are? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that was the first I also know that this is the artichoke capital is Ventura County. That's cool. I don't know why they charge us just as much as other places, but whatever. Different Well, you topic. know, like, when you try out the bad, like, the Castorville was artichoke? artichokes, the artichoke capital of the world. Because I've been to the artichoke capital of the world, and it's, like, Castorville, California or something. Oh. I was to the date capital of oh. California, which is Indio. I was going to say, is that. that south by, like, Palm Springs? Because <laughs> yeah. they're real into their well, dates yeah. down there. Oh, so I love dates. <clears throat> Having only li- lived in L.A. for a short time before we moved into the San Joaquin Valley, which is where all of this is well, happening. That's Steinbeck's so this, place, you know? But that's not where he's from, actually. He was he grew up in Monterey and the various places, but he did spend a... He was a reporter and a journalist during this time. Did you see... I saw somewhere that he's a marine biology major from Stanford. He's incredibly <laughs> smart man, yes. <laughs> so my husband's cousin... Another um, reason for him to have did, been at She did a PhD Monterey. on Steinbeck. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I wish we had her here because, yeah. you know, but, um, Ma, you know, you try the scandalous things out that your parents say, you know, that they're saying a scandalous thing, but it's not necessarily a bad word. Yeah. So my dad used to say all the time, keep your pee picking hands and your cotton picking hands off of this. And mm-hmm. I feel sick. I knew that that was not a nice thing to say somewhere in my early, you know, yeah. late, late teens. And so I never, ever, ever really said it. But I thought it was on the face that it was a, a racial slur. Yeah. I'm now reading this and getting a better insight that he probably picked it up from his father and grandfather. And that it is so clearly a slur on these migrant workers. Like, Well, I will say, as these... So for my, which made me feel bad and better at the same time. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, both bad. Having yeah. grown up in most of my growing, remembering life in this air er- in this area that they're talking about in the book, um, by the time the sixties and seventies came around, a lot all those people had settled and in and advent- many of them had eventually had property of their own. Of course, including cotton, but. You the, don't get so somebody up, like Ma Joan no, so, and not get something. Yeah. So <laughs> we just don't get to see that. The part. migrant worker when I was growing up were people who had green cards who came up from Mexico mm-hmm. and they did the same thing. They had to travel where the mm-hmm. crops were. They and they migrant workers just you know they traveled from the from San Diego all the way through Washington mm-hmm. State. Oh, yeah. I know. Up they and go down everywhere. They go anywhere you have to, they you can. Have, and the high schools and the schools in the country area are migrant schools, mm-hmm. and they only op- the teachers there only operate for like three months at a time. They don't move with the students. But I, I, I we 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 spent um, one spring um, harvesting strawberries because for strawberry jam, and I will tell you that experience made me teach my children 
you if you see someone in the field picking food for you you have great respect for them you don't think less of them because they're doing work that you think is below you they're doing honorable work because that is hard physical yeah, work absolutely. and they get paid I mean, they were getting it's, paid less. It's still piecework. Yeah. When okay, when I was getting paid minimum wage at three thirty-five an hour a long, long time ago, they were getting. That's four seventy-five. So they were still turn. okay. Back in this, back in the eighties, early eighties, they were still only getting like a buck or two an mm-hmm. hour. Mm-hmm. Like, so the this is why their whole family would work just in this. It's the same. It's just the skin color, the skin color, and the accent changed. Well. The interesting thing, too, is like, like there's farmers in the world, because this is still the case, right? There are good, honest farmers who mm-hmm. work alongside their people mm-hmm. who are working in their field. And I, I like to think that that is what Lick Ravine Ranches was doing. Um, and we see that in the book. Mm-hmm. But their hands are tied by, by the, the horses. Yeah, by the yeah. Grange. Yeah. The and Grange so, sets the prices. If you don't go along with the Grange, it's, it's, think of it as a union, the local union for farmers. But it's not a union. That's it's really important. Not. It's not. A, it's the, it's ha- the, it's the hand strings on the, the pull mm-hmm. strings on the money. Um, Often also influenced by bankers. Well, and so this corporatization of our country, you know, mm-hmm. like it was so, there's, I, have, I do have legit <coughs> questions. I think it's a fun conversation so yeah. far, but. Um, oh this one got cut off it's the uh, when the narrator says men ate what they had not raised and had no connection with the bread the implication of the the implication is that this break diminishes humanity Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you know can you illustrate points on that I mean people say it all the time like children don't know where their food comes from right no it's true I did not have a The strawberry jam we made that summer tasted so much sweeter because literally your back is bent over and your knees are muddy and there's, it's not a, and and even though it's chilly because we're there early morning, you're sweating. Mm -hmm. And that was after the, we, we came along after the most of the workers had gone through and they let uh, local people go and pick, you know, for, it was like, I think we paid two bucks for a crate. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Because we picked it ourselves. And but, you say, like, you know, kids don't know where their food comes from, which is totally true. But you also, like, you go to the grocery store and you pick up, you know, your bananas or whatever. And, you mm-hmm. know, you see maybe there's a sticker that says, you know, was grown in wherever. Ecuador. But you never think about it. Yeah. You don't think about it. Yeah. You just buy it. And, I mean, particularly bananas are an interesting one because they don't self-replicate. And so they're they're actually in danger again. We're in danger right. of not oh, wow. having bananas because... Bananas are going to go extinct. The, it's, I think it's a fungus <clears throat> that took out the previous genus or whatever of bananas mm-hmm. is now adapting to mm-hmm. our current banana. Oh, wow. And so there's... there's <laughs> Do you We're going to have no bananas. Do you know my fun fact about bananas? Tell me your fun fact Okay, about so bananas. bananas, when you get, like, banana-flavored whatever, Ugh, I, like, banana-flavored candy or whatever, I only like it does bananas. not taste like bananas, right? No, no, I hate it. It tastes like the previous genus of banana that went extinct. That's what bananas used to take no like. Way. And that's how they made the food flavoring was based off of that banana. I don't know why they don't because change it. It's fascinating. Isn't that interesting? Because bananas and are not as flavorful. thank God for that fungus. I know. I hope we can like, beat it now, thirsty. but... <laughs> 
do not banana. like banana. I love like that. banana candy. Oh, I hate it. I will give it to you. Like when you get rice <laughs> and you can have, like, give away oh, all the bananas. Oh, yes. Yeah. Give me the, the black licorice and the banana. I am, Amis is growing on me. I'm, I'm like high quality black licorice I'm mm. into. <laughs> there are a few good questions I think here. Um, what does Ma mean when she says Baron and Diane is two pieces of the same thing? Mm. I, I mean, I just think it has to, it ties right back to like. It's all part of life. This cyclical nature mm-hmm. of everything. Like, um, you know, the Pa is really despairing later in the book. And he's <clears> like, <throat> this is the end of our life. Look at what's come of our family. And she's like, no, this is, this is just a different beginning. Um you know, like, I feel like, I know it's long and it's strange that the book branches this way, but Rose of Sharon had to have her baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, Which is why it's interesting that they left he, it out of the yeah, movie, because yeah. I was expecting that to happen. But what's interesting is, Ma says, I think a couple times, about how, like, as long as the men are angry, you know they still have, like, the fighting spirit yeah, in them. Yeah. They and when they stop yet. being angry yeah you know it's then they the give up yeah. but all the way to the end i felt like pa was still because at the end he's the one that incites that we have to build this dam to try and save our you know whatever and then only at the very end when it doesn't work and the tree falls <clears throat> and they have to run away i think that's probably where he does break yeah and that's where the book ends yeah. i like to think that it was a temporary break that he hadn't fully given up because even though he it this also speaks to me about their marriage is because they were a partnership. There was none of this, I'm the man and I'm going to be the man and you're going to... Well, there was, but there was he a gave up on it really easy. Li- yeah, it was very he loved, utile. Yeah, he for wasn't, sure. He wasn't holding on to pride. He could see that she was helping hold... They still had this partnership that they were holding everything together. But mm-hmm. he doesn't stop mentioning how it's wrong that she's the one that's leading the family. He I think says that up until the end. Because culturally, it's still kind of humiliating for him and he might be being judged from other from the other men folk but he certainly couldn't be any worse than the than the baby daddy who ran off oh connie's worse yeah he sucks <laughs> i'm also a lot of the family is kind of the worst worst um because rosa sharon sucks i mean yeah. she's doing her best but she's really obnoxious yeah. just like i understand you're dying and you're trying to have a baby yeah but like yeah connie is terrible also Noah runs off in the book, and I don't know if I blinked and I missed it, I but know. he just disappears in the movie. I did doze off a little. He just disappeared. <laughs> I, I think that's it, but I didn't that's notice. It. But they Where? never mention him. They're not like, oh, Isn't Noah Isn't he the one that just goes, he just goes down the stream? And yeah, yeah, but he just, in the movie, he's just not there anymore. Oh. oh. <laughs> he's just like, that character just, it's like, they stopped counting him. He's like, we got six people now. And you're like, well, where the hell did Noah go? They don't even mention it in the movie. Unless Noah's I blinked and so missed it. Imp- Noah is so important, though. Like, oh, definitely. Because it humanizes Pa in that he yeah, feels... Yeah. It gives him some character that he feels so bad about it. Yeah. Um, his tenderness towards towards the son and mm-hmm. the air he made. Because, I mean, nothing in these people's life has probably ever been easy. No. no. It was just less hard. And it was what they knew. <laughs> and it was it was, it was the, the devil they knew. Yeah. They knew how battle is. I felt like part of Rosa, Sh- Rosa, Rosa Sharon... In the life they chose. She had. She was a young person. She had these hopes and dreams of what her life was going to be. And she, her husband, the person that she, you know, believed everything in, 
kept giving her these fantasy pie in the sky stories. I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna. It'll cost me. It doesn't cost me. Cost me nothing to get this education, and then we're gonna be rolling in the dough. And she just wanted so desperately. I feel like she it, to keep from totally cracking. Yeah, they were up. both fooling themselves. But I think she needed that fantasy to help her get. To Absolutely. the next day. Yeah, definitely. And to the next day until finally she's just like... And I think he did like, too until he realized that it was oh no, a this pipe is dream not and real. then he left. <laughs> well, I think she can't leave. A cycle disrupted, right? So mm-hmm. Rose of Sharon is this young girl who has everything lined up in the cycle that she knows is the natural path. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it's completely upended mm-hmm. by this exodus. Right. Uh, which, I mean, this is a... These not- are two silly things. They're, they lead to each other, but... Why does the book start with drought and end with floods? And why does Uncle John mm. set the dead baby adrift rather than bury it? Like, it's so biblical. Yeah, Moses. Yeah. So, yeah, so I had to write down, uh, let my people go. <laughs> because they're now they're, so they're economic, refu- economic and climate refugees. Mm-hmm. And now they are economic <coughs> prisoners mm-hmm. because they're just like they, they can't die or beg you know yeah, yeah. um it's interesting like the idea of completely rejecting um charity like mm-hmm. what's deemed charity and what's deemed rightfully right. yours and rightfully mm-hmm. earned they don't really give up on that though like Mm-mm. the whole time no, they, mm-hmm. I mean, because, because I they figured get, by the end they probably would, but they just they, have to. Yep. Yeah. The, um, there's that woman whose kids eat the green grapes uh-huh. and the women's committee is like, um, now you have no right to have done that. We have this system. You go and you get your credit and you, oh, well, I've never taken charity. It's not charity. Right. You'll it's pay it back. It works. We trust you that you'll pay it back. Yeah. And you got to look after your kids and it's mm-hmm. not charity. And um, I don't think the Jodes ever take advantage of it Mm-mm. because that's what they, prompts them to leave is, I mean, there's the reality. There's no work. So they had to leave. There's no but work. he even mentions that like, we don't have any money for food and they're like, okay, I get it. You know? So I think maybe a lot of people probably felt the same way they did. It was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to take advantage of because your camp they, store because I feel like you're, you're taking ve- pity on you're me. Very, or or when you're I very kind yeah. and I don't want to be mooching off of this. I can't mm-hmm. contribute back. They're used to, they're not afraid of the hard work. That's all they have ever done mm-hmm. day in and day out. Hard work is what they do. And it's killing Pa because he's, hey, he's like, I will work hard. I know what to, I know how to work hard, but they won't even let me work. Well, I love that moment of bliss when they get to the, co- when they're doing the cotton. Mm-hmm. And to them, they've like, it's all good. It's, yeah. we're, we're back I on know what our I'm path. Doing. This is, this is. A, Something yeah. familiar in this very and weird world. And they can world. eat and they have mm-hmm. new clothes. They're going to have Cracker Jack. The whole time, I'm like, Damn, save cracker your money. Jack. I'm like, why are you spending all your money? <laughs> Don't you know what's going to happen to Rose of Sharon? Okay, okay. <laughs> As someone who was super, super poor, you go through this these times where I know in practicality, you should when you do get some money, you should save. Oh, I know. But, but you, you can't do... help but treat yourself when you've lived without for so long. And look exactly. at the treats. Yeah. Meat. Meat. And to eat. And clothing. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I What a treat. But they in my mind, I'm meat. like, don't you know what's going to happen in I the know. next chapter? No, more fried dough for you. No. <laughs> and think about okay, when I thought of that donuts is eating donuts is killing people. Yeah, because it's plain flour that has no nutrients mm-hmm. in it. It's not even enriched. All Look, that. all they've got is plain, probably the worst quality of the flour that's being flour overpriced. And lard. 
and but and like yeah lard mm-hmm. and it's still not enough it's so much nu- so lacking in nutrition that they even have a word i don't remember what the word was for the children that are dying with these bloated gassy bell it's like they're decaying from the inside out yeah um, it's just the cruelty yeah, when they're there. at the hooverville and they get there and she starts making stew and all the little kids show up with their spoons because they're oh. so hungry and, she, and she, she's she, like, I can't not torture. feed them. I know. But like, then but then that poor woman who's like... You have no right it, to feed my children because, because I can't feed my own children. I, you're I, like, don't, like, oh don't you think I feel really horrible? And now and my, now my kids think I'm just being stingy. And I can't provide for them. It, I, it already, so it's sad. already painful that I can't provide. And now some stranger comes along and is magically making things better. And she's like, no, we're suffering too. But. It was interesting how Steinbeck used like all these different way like they they lived at so many different places like they mm-hmm. camped and then they were in the hoovervilles and then they were in the government camp and then they were at the peach farm like living in the room and then they were where in the like box car at the end because i'm sure those are all different ways that people did survive but yes. he was able i mean he showed us all the different ways so much illustration and which that. ways are yeah. better and you yeah. know whatever oh how bad must the peach farm have been for them to walk into that and be like oh yeah, okay. this is a bad place <laughs> so here's a little bit of ventura county yeah. thing there are little little cottages that still exist and people live in them that were made for migrant workers right here My in Ventura. My sister lives in one. I know. Really? <laughs> yes. was, we had some good friends. But there. I thought you said they're really cute and sweet. It, it's very it's small. Now. Very it's cute. very cute now. It's very cute, it's but it very is very small. small. Oh, yeah. I mean, no. this the, this one had two kind of small bedrooms mm-hmm. and they had like a, a closet that was like not even as small, not even as wide as this. And it had doors on both sides because the two bedrooms shared this closet that was mm-hmm. about the it wasn't much bigger than that water container. I mean, we're talking, oh. we're talking not even as wide as the door. Well, so you and can not very deep, and only about a foot deep. So yeah. I mean, more about our county. So all of Ventura Avenue is um, bungalows that were built for the oil workers, mm-hmm. and those are two bedroom, usually two, at least one and a half bath. I think they are adorable cottages, but they're yeah, they're it's super cute. She, I mean, her address is. Uh, like on Main Street, which she does not live on Main Street, <laughs> but when her house was built, it was on Main Street, but they picked it up and moved it, and it oh. retained its old address. No oh. way! So it was one of the first houses built in that in the county. This is wow. the one on Telegraph, right? No, it's on, it's off the 126 before you come into Fillmore, oh. like near the nursery. No, the one I'm talking about is in Ventura. It's out, it's, it's in the, you know, the orange grove that's near Mound School? Not really. Okay. On Telegraph, on Telegraph, um, just past Victoria, you're, um, behind the shopping center. Yeah. I just Um, don't think I've driven around that area. Yeah. Well, you pass the orange grove. They still have like a fence and everything. In the very center of oh, that I know what you're are like six little little cottages. Yeah. That, well, I think there must be some on... On the avenue, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. um, shoot, it's it's right. It's where Kellogg Park so, is behind Kellogg Park. There are these tiny little things, and I'm like, how can imagine, you ask people to okay, pay rent so for those? Yeah. The inside of that two bedroom, um, one bath, what kind of kind of a living room and kind of a kitchen, a little tiny mudroom is still smaller than this office. Oh space. yeah, I believe it. Um, um, 
But so imagine the but when wealth friends, of those bungalows. Yeah, but built it's for the oil still workers. A, oh yeah, but still, <laughs> this was a roof over their head. Yeah. Um, when when like when the basic needs are all you're trying okay, to okay imagine. If you're a child and you've never seen flush toilets before. I love that. I love that part that they broke it. Oh my god, you broke you it? You told on me and said that I broke it. Well, I know you didn't break it. I know you didn't. Sure, so Ruthie. Yeah, I knew the whole time. Yeah, when they get to like the camp and it's like awesome and they're loving it there and you're like, this is too good to be true. And then they leave and then they're staying. Thanks a lot, Cracker Jack. Yeah. I know this is pretty Cracker Jack. Sorry. I don't know. Well, when they're at the peach farm, they just have, like, a one-room little house. And you're listening to it, and you're like, oh, they have a new place to stay. But then, like, Rosa Sharon walks in, she's like, are we going to live here? And yeah. Mom's like, it's okay, it's not that bad. <laughs> How like, okay. okay. must it have been? It must have been real bad, because I was like, must... oh, good for them, they have a floor now. <laughs> How bad must it have been when a, when a railroad boxcar looks better? Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, there's something about the government camp and the railroad boxcar that wasn't present at the peach farm, which right. is the the that self governance, that mm-hmm. right to make it your own. In the peach farm, they were in the middle of a giant strike. Yeah, and they like, were unsafe. But, so, but even if they wanted to leave, they would not have been allowed to leave. I no, think you're right. They had to sneak out because well, they, well, they were allowed to leave. They had a hard time leaving because they were smuggling a fugitive. But I think yeah. they, anybody could have left at any time. Because they said, like, are you leaving? Okay, I just have no, to check No, he, no, he got he, sent back. He got sent back. When Casey because appears. They, but she's right. It's because there was a strike. Which plot twist, right? Yeah. Casey was back. Was it was kind of, um, what is that called? It was Preacher. sort of martial law over the... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is part of, like, yeah, in that description of them being, um, what is this, a, a captivity narrative. Like, mm-hmm. they... So, I mean, I, I was uncomfortable with all the negative framing of the law enforcement... <laughs> But I, I think that must be factual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and regionally so. Like, right. The, um... Yeah, I haven't grown up in that area. It, it's, yeah. 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 Especially when you get into some of the smaller outlying towns. Mm-hmm. And the only people in power, their family's been in power as the mayor and the, the sheriff. And, I mean, they're... And, and they're Grange members. I mean... Yeah. Even there when, was something terrible that happened in California in like the Bakersfield area mm-hmm. where this young man like died in police custody. And like somehow I got wind of it through like the family looking this for recently? a funeral home. It was maybe in the last two years. Okay. And I think the, a police officer killed a young man uh-huh. who was being taken into custody. And I talked to this family and there was never one word of a news story about it. Like yeah. nothing. I tried to Google and like find out more about it, and all that I could find out is that the officer and his family were connected, and that was it. Mm. And then never one iota of coverage. I'm about telling you, it even growing up way. in Fresno, there's whole areas of town where all the properties and the streets are named after the same family. Yeah, I mean you that know, happens. That happens everywhere. Well, everywhere. But <laughs> that part, I'm not. You know, I mean, yeah. it's fine. It, but. It becomes a very, um, our, we've done it this way and our family it's likes it this way. It's not a very welcoming way. environment to come no. into. No. no. And it, I mean, there's a particular nature to that. Like in Ventura, we have those old families yeah. and they let you know who they are. But, <laughs> yeah. but we don't live in a city that's governed that way. Like, And so I think the scale probably has an influence. But, 
at the time that all of these people are migrating, mm-hmm. um, this mass migration, I mean mass migration, a lot of these little towns going up and down the va- the San Joaquin Valley only existed because one family. Because of the, well, because the railroad. Okay, Mr. Purina of the Purina Foods, he was a big railroad person, and his family actually was part of, I believe, in Delano, uh, which is also re- related to the Roosevelt. Well, that was interesting. Um, they talked about the Fairfield family mm-hmm. in there, and it's like, because my husband's from the Bay Area, so like, oh, I know where Fairfield is. Oh, tricked you. I'm going to take it now. <laughs> um so, so, these, so there's this, there is a distrust because these people, these families were the first to inhabit this area and they worked hard to build it up and they see these people coming in and wanting their piece of it, but they didn't ask all of this. And a lot, a lot of this happened because one person made a flyer and printed <laughs> so much of it. Isn't that insane? Okay, the person who made that flyer, and they're like, how are they getting money? But they got money because every time people would refer or would pull these out, they paid the guy who was printing them. It's, oh, so now a printer is the villain, Karen? You're hitting <laughs> was, my family again. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you know. No, no, no I totally can't. I know, I know. But you know uh, what I'm saying? Because I know Pa kept saying it can't be can't be false. Why would they print they, all these? Why would they print all this? This well, costs a lot of money. you believe everything you read. <laughs> and one person's point of view, like to him, how do you get your information printed, right? Like you must be an authority figure to get this Right, in black to be and able to send it out so because far. In, a, in an area, in a time where very very few people still even knew how to read. Yeah. They, they, they keep they could coming pr- back to that of like, Pa when can was, make letters, but he doesn't like to. Yeah. We were going to write you, I promise. I'm telling you, when I was little, everyone believed that they couldn't print it if it wasn't true. Oh, I mean, there's a lot of people yeah. who think that now. That's true. So, that's that's a like, cool pen. So it's a friction, a friction pen. Right? Um, so... I mean, that's what's so. I was look. I was hoping to find something like a list of questions that was more current mm. because, like, don't doesn't everybody think that if it's in a, a published place that it's true? I.e., like Facebook fake news, like right. Like people, still people are more have wary of that. it nowadays. But yeah, but not all people. No, not all. You people. know, they're like there is this willing. So like, like the ability for authority to control mm-hmm. when authority is a small group of people and they they come back to this authority is this tiny group of people but if you all join your voices in one chorus against that like like people just put too much stock in authority i don't know where that thought was going yeah the, the thing is the people that would have to pull together to rise up they have so they have so little yeah. anyway. They can't afford to lose the little they've got. Well, that's um... it's a it's a much bigger risk for someone. I was I, I looked up when the reason part of the reason they were, they were talking about why these besides the Dust Bowl what had happened why <coughs> this Dust Bowl even started was because there was a time when there was other crops being grown. Yeah, they were using the land more wisely. But because of the the depression and because of the New Deal. The government was offering people subsidies to grow wheat to help f- feed more of America. So this, this so but it was cotton that stripped the land. It wasn't off just wheat. cotton. It, but the problem with wheat is wheat did not have enough roots, and so when oh, the winds the same with cotton. when the winds came through, there was nothing. It, there was nothing to hold it. Mm-hmm. So part of it was post depression, but they were, they were saying 
you know, a bushel, a bushel of wheat weighs 56 pounds. That 56 pounds of, of a, a bushel is, is 10 cents. Is this book set post-depression or in this the is, depression? This is... It's nearing the end of it, isn't near, it? They, near, they mention it in it, like the depression is coming to it's an end. It's nearing the end. Oh. It, well, when I looked it up, it was right, well, it was the, uh, the middle to early 30s. It wasn't that many years after the stock market crash. That, so people... And well, the farmers, stock market crashed in 1929, right? Yes. And the depression, I mean, people get to this level of need, but farmers wouldn't have farmers, gone to it at the farm, front end. In the, yeah. They wouldn't have hurt, they didn't get hurt in the front end because they didn't have money for stocks. Also. But when the the people who, the banks who did, were losing money, they needed to get their money back. <coughs> they were trying to get it from the farmers because at least <coughs> farmers could feed their families in the beginning of the depression. Well, you know, banks are too big to fail. Well, so you really have to let them do their thing. Didn't you love that logic in the beginning? Well, cause <laughs> when the guy's like, I'll take a shotgun. I will. I will. Yeah. I'll shoot yeah. the I man. Mean, you was... can't shoot the man. The man is a bank. How do I? He's like, okay, well, where's the bank? He's like, well, that's the manager of the bank. And then, then you can't shoot him. And then. Because he has to take his orders from the bank. The cloud. I mean, well before 2008. Yeah. But here we are. What? 70 years later. Mm-hmm. And we let our economy come to the exact same end. <laughs> Only the banks become even more diluted. You can't even find who holds your mortgage because right. it's a thousand securities. Like, how do we keep doing this? <laughs> in the 14 years that we've had our mortgage, we, we're now on mortgage company number five. We never changed it. No, our mortgage has been it. bought by somebody else oh. who's been bought by somebody else. You said 14 years? We've been there, I think, well, coming on 15. Would you this say month. that most of that transition was in the early years? No. We j- are new. We just got a new one called New Res, and I gotta feel like I'm kind of an. Un- I feel really uncomfortable about this. I don't know what New Res is, <laughs> but they own our mortgage now. Oh, grand! I don't even know who they are. Uh, we had GMAC. We started with GMAC, and each one gets is is a whole other name of people. We I started don't even with know. A, a mortgage, like um broker and then it was b of a until we were just refinanced so i i had thought maybe that behavior had settled down um i like this this question every two years we we get a new one it seems like that's nuts it is why do different characters this i think easily answered as well but why do different characters insist at different points in the book a fella gotta eat i mean to for justification yeah. Like, my favorite. Like, I'll do whatever. I, I mean, I have to feed my family, so. The tractor driver. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, many people along the road, like the um, the, uh, the the gas station guy. He's like, well, if I was a different kind of fella, I'd try to get. Oh, well, sorry. There's a lady here. Yeah. <laughs> um, my favorite, though, is the peach ranch um, market tender. Oh, yeah. And he, oh wow, he's trying. I hate him so bad. Oh, but he's trying. And then Ma's like, she, she Ma breaks him. Yeah, because she's like, I'm not taking any of your shit. <laughs> yeah, you're full of it. <laughs> you have to feed your family. Hello. I love the way it's um, it's narrated, even at a higher rate. Yeah, <laughs> like but, his tittering laughter. Yeah. I'm like, I got things gotta do this. Okay, but now. The tractor dr- driver, he got $3. Well, that oh, was my gosh. Of... Compared to 
You worked all day, and here's your dollar. Five people. Five worked people worked all day, day, and here's your and one dollar. And they were dollar. so excited to get a dollar. I know. A dollar. You know, but what a juxtaposition. The tractor guy, he gets power th- consolidated. Three bucks yeah. for maybe an hour's work to knock down their house. Yeah. Well, it's a um, because we, we went to we were reading this book a long time because uh, <laughs> I went on two trips between <laughs> we went to um, to Vegas and Hudson. We went to the H- Hudson Dam and um, the Hoover Dam. Hoover Dam. Thank you, Hudson. Whatever. Hudson River. Hoover. 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 Okay, we went Hoover, to the Hoover. Yeah, they clearly made an impression. What did make an impression is in the museum. Mm-hmm. There were all the wages for the different jobs you can mm-hmm. get working on the dam. Um, and I had just passed the chapter where it was $3 a day. And you had to be like a pretty technical. Skilled worker. Yeah, very, thank you. A very skilled worker to get a to $3, $3 a, day. a day. Yeah. So that was very... What year was the Hoover Dam built? I've been there. I read all the placards. I don't you remember anything. You have your anything. phone handy, Karen. Would you look I'm at that? I'm just curious. It's, it's a WPA project. Uh-huh. Um, it is a terrible uh, rape of our land. <laughs> uh, it has had untold uh, environmental impact. Right. Never be built today. But anyway. <clears throat> It's not, you know, from the Bureau of Reclamation. What is reclamation? It has to do with like water management. Yeah. Um, let me. You don't get to use up, your national Wikipedia. park pass. It was constructed between 1931 and 1936. Oh, so it was contemporary. Mm-hmm. And it was mm-hmm. part of it was originally it was called Boulder Dam, but they re- renamed it Hoover for President Hoover by a joint resolution in Congress. Our Congress could actually agree together on yes. to name a dam. Well, I think Hoover was the he Minister of the dam. Interior or something like that, and he it was his project. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then after he entered the presidency, they honored him with it. But There's, you think about it; it was also it was it was also during the Great Depression. It it part of its big purpose was creating jobs. Yep, it's interesting that they named the dam for him as a way to like. Uh, as like an honor, but they also <laughs> called them Hoovervilles because it was his fault that all these poor yeah. people were living the way that they yeah. were. Yeah. And yeah. it was like a black spot, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. It's the, I mean, that illustrates no president is good or bad, like entirely good or entirely bad too. Like he may have led our country into something horrible, right. but he also, I mean, those things were happening. Like the Hoover Dam was a project of his mm-hmm. before he was even holding the presidential office. Um, and there's a name made by the people. And right. There's a name That's true. made by the His victors. People, yeah. The victors. Yeah. You know, the victors tell the history. Okay, so what? the definition of a Hooverville is a shanty town built by unemployed and destitute people during the Depression in the early 1930s. But the way the Oxford Dictionary is putting it even puts a slant. Like, these yeah. are disreputable. They live in, in, you know, tin roof shacks, you know. Um, I think this is like hopeful. I don't know how much we need to discuss it, but Casey tells Tom about a prisoner whose view of history is that every time there's a little step forward, she may slip back a little, but she never slips clear back. They wasn't no waste. Page three eighty four. Do you agree with this view? I believe. I mean, there's two steps forward and one step back. It's not one step forward and two steps back. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I yeah, agree. I would agree. I mean, progress is slow, and it, I mean, sometimes it slips back all the way. But if you look at the span of time or, you know, whatever it is that you're talking about, you might get there eventually. It might take a long time and a lot of suffering and a lot I, of lives, but. But I hmm. think we were talking about two different things. I think prog- uh, progression in the scope of what benefits a greater group of people is one thing. But you're right. There's a lot of people that do fall on harder and harder times that don't recover. That are, are left. It's almost like this progress is being built on yeah, their but backs. And you, their, yeah, they, their I mean, their, their lives are, you know, apart. It's like, I think the whole theme or the whole point of the book is, I mean, they say that the grapes of wrath are growing in the hearts of the men, you yes. know? is that people are upset about what's happening and Tom goes away to help try and change it like Casey was doing, you know? So it's a, I think if we're talking about progress in the terms of the book, they're working to abolish the systems that are keeping them down and working for, you know, workers' rights and unions and stuff so that they can get paid what they're actually meant to get paid. That's when, like, Casey trying to humanize all the way until his death, Mm -hmm. like... If we could all hear that message of you don't know what you're doing, you're, you're starving children. children. Yeah. These are all people. Like, mm-hmm. like if we look around our own community and the strife at our borders, like mm-hmm. these are human beings. Right. Like your nationality is that so important? You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and it takes people like him, you know, to die for the cause because then Tom picks up his cause yeah. and continues with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a step backward in that. Casey had to die for it, but then Tom is continuing. Now it's kind of interesting because Tom is a character who there's times when he's like slow and measured mm-hmm. and and thoughtful about what's happening around him, mm-hmm. but he's a pretty like reactionary person, mm-hmm. whereas Casey is mindful and thoughtful about his actions. Right. Like, mm-hmm. what is this movement in the hands of? Of, a, of a, such a different character, too. Yeah, that's true. Like, uh, is it more or less, or, yeah. I mean, who knows what it is? He right. went off into the wild blue. Yonder. I mean, the book just ends, so we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I do wish there was an epilogue. Yeah, I, I mean, I, mean, I don't that's... because it would make the book longer, <laughs> but... Maybe that's very childish of me. Could have taken out a couple chapters, and I would have been fine. Yeah. So, thinking about how this relates to another his- important historical figure of the San Joaquin Valley, Cesar Chavez... And his mm. civil rights, I know as a mm-hmm. person, he had issues, but... Well, it's a, it's a tender topic because he did he did good and he did bad. Like, right. like, there were people who could come across who never had to abandon their nationality, who could work and cross safely. Did you know that he was actually born in Arizona? He was not... So, and his parents owned a ranch and a small grocery store, but during the 30s, they lost everything. His family traveled in this Great Depression. Mm. They were some of the workers who came from Arizona to Someone work here. Fell from Great Heights, perhaps? Yeah, to... so he and his family became migrant uh, workers traveling around to find work. It was hard work. They didn't live in the same place for a long time. He would pick peas, pea picking. Yeah. And yeah, lettuce in winter, like cherries and beans. <laughs> I will tell that truth. <laughs> what kind of life? So it's it's interesting that that he he lived that treatment. He lived both ends. He lived both ends. Right. He lived. I mean, to have go from not just a, a, a poor farm. I mean, because the farmers in, in Grapes of Wrath they didn't own the land. They were they once did. they were sharecroppers. <laughs> 
I think that they. I thought they were always share. I thought, I thought there was. I thought it someone was else like in their family did, but they lost the it to the bank, and then they borrow a little bit, and then the next generation borrows a little bit, and the next a little bit more, and, and they became it, sharecroppers, where they or something of that nature, where they were. They're tenant farmers. Tenant farmers might they, be the right yeah, word. Yeah, I think. I think mm-hmm. they transitioned into tenant farmers from being people who had what, once owned the land. What was it like? Forty acres and a mule. What yeah. Was, mm-hmm. What is that called? That's uh, the. Uh, you know. I think they're people who had who mm-hmm. had title to their land. Right. So what is that called? The end of far and away. <clears throat> so I was Great thinking program. the um, oh Missouri land no the something land grab it was anyway that's but I, I was thinking how. He, he grew up as a child in that in those same conditions well, as Grapes of Wrath, and that's what that I was thinking. He was like the the Tom of his of his time. So he may be more. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he, I could see that. He, he was a Tom. That treatment of migrant example. workers that influenced him to. to he was be an a, action and reaction kind of person, yeah. leader too. Yeah. So. Yeah. I guess that's what the movement looks like in the hands of someone like Tom, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there was another, like, tender moment in this that I wanted to come back to, but I think it left my brain because there is a lot to unpack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was sad when they started and they had, you know, the 12 of them or whoever, and then Grandpa dies, and then Grandma dies, and then Noah leaves, and... Then Casey gets killed, and then mm-hmm. I think that was all of them, totally right? Gone. And then the baby. I mean, the baby yeah, is and the our baby. hope, right? Yeah, right. And the ma says there never was a baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was very upsetting. Yeah. Um, think of how strong Ma had to be to hold it together. Knowing I mean, that she her had ma- to be because no, no, she was no. the only one that was no, going no, to be. You don't have any other choice. It's no, not no, bravery. No, I, mean, I love mm-hmm. it when Tom specifically. Says that. She's holding it together, and she's holding a dead woman, trying to pass her off as oh, just that ill. Was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, because how forward thinking she's like, <laughs> she her eye is still always on that. And then prize. they like We're shine the get flashlight on. They're like, oh my god, she is sick. Yeah, because she's dead. She looks like <laughs> she looks like she looks dead. like she's dead. <laughs> oh yeah, we really need a doctor. <laughs> but there's nothing more worse than the, someone who looks so sick that they look dead to make other people go, oh, I don't want to look any closer. Oh. You, and in the movie, she's just like the grandma's just like laying there with her eyes just wide open, like looks completely dead. Not like sleeping, but like her eyes are wide open. And the people Not... are like, holy crap, yeah, okay, go ahead. It's fine. <laughs> like, yeah, she's freaking dead. No wonder she looks so terrible. Um okay. But she but she kept that she kept that to herself for hours. Yeah. All the way in. Family's until got across. Got across. Gonna hold it to, hold my sh- that's not nice language Karen (laughs) she says that to Ruthie at some point Um, why this is a real question that is on this list that I would love you guys to answer for me okay (laughs) Okay. (laughs) because I think it adds to the creepiness of the final scene which is oh yeah spoiler you read the book or you haven't you're listening this far it's the one part of the book you remember happens in the <laughs> no, book because it's so like I, that's the only thing I remembered it's like I know the very end of the book because I think when I was supposed to read it I like flipped to the end and I was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> what else horrible <laughs> could happen in here oh. and I also remember only that yeah. but I remember in the middle 
<laughs> You're like, that can't be the way this works. <laughs> okay, what's maybe the, I would like you to read the question. They didn't a, even have their car anymore. I was in a Catholic school in in a sophomore year of high school, <laughs> and I, I was like, excuse me, what, um, did what she is happening? Do? So uh, okay, so Rose of Sharon has a stillborn baby. Yep. There's a flood in their train car, and they are escaping. They're driving through the night because Maz needs to get her somewhere safe. They see a barn. They're running for the barn. They don't beat the storm. Sheets of rain are coming down. They break into this barn, and they find a little boy and his father. And the Right? Little boy? Yeah. Okay. And the father's and dying. And the father is dying. And the boy explains how he stole bread and tried to feed dad, and he threw it all up. He needs soup. He needs milk. Mm-hmm. Do you guys got any milk? And Ma and Rose of Sharon have this moment of connection. Without saying anything. Nothing. And they know exactly what's <laughs> going to happen. Of course. If my mom made eye contact with me in these harrowing situations, <laughs> of course I know she means that I should nurse this dying man. And she doesn't even, she's just like, yep, I'll do it. <laughs> like, okay. You know what? What else could happen to I, I mean, at this point, I think, At this point, she's like... Honestly, Hell, what I, can't, else? Okay. I can't imagine. Is it the most humanizing or is it the most dehumanizing that she is brought to this moment of nourishment for you this man? It might be that, I mean, she didn't contribute anything the no, whole time. No way. She was a large burden. Yes. So maybe this was her way of being like, I can help some way. It but wasn't cotton picking. She also, dressed out with the cotton picking. Honestly, I think. She had what is gotten the, so broken down. What does Casey say? No. Uh, Muley, he says, am I touched? Len, he's like, no, you're not. Like, I think, I don't think Rosa Sharon could come out of that not being touched. <laughs> yes. You know, I think she yeah, might be a little crazy Muley. by the end of After it. The yeah. How she could you out, not be? Tom and Casey are like, oh yeah. Yeah, he's he real crazy. <laughs> okay, here's the question. Though. Okay. Why does Rosa Sharon smile as she feeds the starving man with milk intended for her baby? That was disturbing. Why? Like, why are you smiling? <laughs> why? Smiles mysteriously, yeah. staring off into the distance or yeah, something like something that. Something like that. I Mysteriously, think, though, is okay. part of it. <laughs> I think she's going off back to that happy place where she's just pretending this is her baby. She's not looking at the guy. She's just thinking... She's. I think she's gone off to some happy place where she... And Noah, or she and what's his name? Connie. Connie are together, and this is their baby. And I as mean, long as maybe. I close my eyes and look off into the space, <sighs> la la la, I can be in my fan. I can, See, I, feel I don't like know. Rose of Sharon is having a transitional moment and tapping into her mother's strength mm-hmm. as they describe this connection uh-huh. and this willingness to do the job. Because all the way up to it, Ma is caring for her, getting her out of her wet clothes, and, and nurturing her. Yeah. her. And they mm-hmm. have this moment of connection, and she gives all that she has to give to this dying man to mm-hmm. prevent him from dying and orphaning this child. Right. But also keep in mind... But why is she smiling? <laughs> her milk probably is coming in, and she's probably also pretty full. Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why she's smiling. It's she's just like, oh my God, relief. thank you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't want to know why she smiled. That's what no. I'm going to land on. I'm not sure I would like to think about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it was very But disturbing. it's all I can think about. <laughs> I should have just skipped the last page. I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> I, well, did at point, I did not. I did not know like, that at all. Well, we're getting to chapter 30. She has to have her baby for this moment to happen. It must be where the book is. Yep. <laughs> so I didn't know where we were going, and I'd been waiting for it the entire book. Okay, the question, though, I don't remember. Did it actually save the man, or did she do that and it he just, still died? He just died. It doesn't matter. There's, it just ends. Matter. 
She stares off smiling, and then the book is done, and yeah. you're like, what the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> but you can understand why that did not make it into the movie. No. <laughs> you know, the, the classic, whenever also, there's a man the dead baby didn't make up, it into the movie. I'll so. be there. Whenever there is a, I didn't a know baby hunger, that wasn't crying from hungry. That's no, that in the was. movie, oh, but that's like the I've movie heard that reference so I'm many born. times, and yeah. I didn't know that that's this is oh. what that was from. And I was like, oh, I I know what this is. All right. Um, shoot, Uh-oh. where was it? Um, huh? Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> that's the end of the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thanks for coming to school with me, guys. I finally finished. <laughs> sophomore year summer reading (laughs) i'm not disappointed that i read it because it was interesting and i'm glad that i did read it i wish it was shorter (laughs) um of mice men like i'm surprised (laughs) that there's not a remake of that movie like a contemporary like a modern day remake of that movie i think there's so timely (laughs) i feel like it could it could honestly be something that like they would remake i mean they remake everything nowadays works right Right. so little women's on its third or fourth movie you know yeah but i think the the performances done by the actress who played Ma, because I saw her in some other movie, uh, and and I'm and sorry, Henry, there's only one Henry, Mr. Darcy, and they came back yeah. to that. So uh, Henry Fonda, he's so iconic there. Yeah. I just don't every. Yeah, well, you but, can kind of you can remake any movie yeah. nowadays. Like they don't care about that. You can kind of hear the narrator in this audiobook sounding like it's like yeah. he's trying to sound James like James said the same thing he showed oh, yeah. up and he's yeah. like that sounds just like the narrator I'm like yeah. I think the narrator's trying to sound like yeah. you know what's fascinating is that the book came out in 39 mm-hmm. and the movie came out in 1940 yeah like the next year is, yeah. yeah that's interesting I think he had a really good literary agent like yeah. I've, I've learned a little bit about his history and like people who kept his creativity flowing well and I, on I don't on know how long it used to take them to make movies they didn't have to do a lot with set design, which tells me that maybe this was written kind of as a screenplay, a screen That's thing. Interesting. And because that would be easy to learn, though. Because because I think it's well, his yeah, writing process is well documented. Yeah, look how big this book is. But I you know. can see how they adapted it for the screen. It wasn't made for the screen because no. the book is a million hours long, and they <laughs> cut out so much so for the much. movie. They're so just like, we'll pick this and this. How long is the book? Forever. You're still reading the movie's two hours. <laughs> Which is a long movie for back in the day. Like yeah. that's a long well, movie for yeah. nineteen forty. I mean, think of the epics. Right? That's true. Like, I mean, Gone you watch the like, did it have an intermission? Ladies? No, it didn't. No, but Gone with the Wind had an intermission. You think how long that was? Uh, yep. So this is you know what's kind of interesting about this book is that it is so well read. It has mm-hmm. really controversial ideas, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. so well read. Is it lost on us? <laughs> like, no, I just don't know. In I, this, okay, like in the, the villainizing of, of the of the people, like they're mm-hmm. the Reds. I think the movie would be too slow for this culture. We we're in the age of blockbuster, rush yeah, into special effects. This is a very thinking. They I don't, don't kind I don't of think so. Yeah. I, could, I, I don't know if they come out of thinking movies. I was sort of imagining are. what the modern remake would look like, and it wasn't hard for me to imagine what it would look like. Yeah, so. I don't. I think that it's ripe for a remake because they remake everything nowadays, yeah. and I'm I'm just surprised when I looked that there wasn't a more modern yeah. version of it. It's possible. Do we all hate it from high school? No. No, I mean I'm, like oh. like as a 
I didn't. I was not required to read it in high school. Sexy about it. I'm so. surprised. I mean, a lot of the books that they make us read in high school are completely lost on 15 and 16 year olds. You're like, <laughs> what the hell are them, they supposed to get out of it? Absolutely. So if I had read this oh, back Lord in the day, was, I would I have number one been bored out of my that's mind. The closest, I, I rarely finished reading. Animal, I, I tried to. I read Animal Farm. I read that. That was I like even a, loved, I love the comic. They actually did like a cartoon of Animal Farm. I great. like that Saw one. That it's one of my favorite books of all mm. time, but I I got to choose that one. It was like a one of three that uh, mm-hmm. so so it was my choice. So yeah. I finished that one. I did read that one. The Lord of the Flies was I came close to finishing. I never finished the last chapter, but I like that book a lot. Lord of the Flies was required reading for those of us on the academic decathlon. We were nerd alert, so we it was part of the academic decathlon, and that was because it was still banned. It was back in the eighties. It was still kind of in some book. We actually had to get our permissions. Was this book our ever banned? I was going to say I thought this book was banned. I don't. I was I'm thinking sure, about it this morning. I'm sure at some point it was. Yeah. But we actually had to get a permission slip from our parents perhaps. saying it was even though it was a senior in high school. I still, as a minor, we had to have permission from our parents to read The Lord of the Flies. Huh. Because a separate it's... piece was one that I finished that I really liked. Same kind of thing, like mm-hmm. British boys in boarding school. Yeah, no, no crash landing on a strange mm-hmm. plant on a strange island. So. Yeah, I don't know why they make us read those sort of things. I don't know why they make us read either. You know, the I mean, in general, stories. but <laughs> <laughs> we have a podcast about books because we don't understand why read why we read. <laughs> I have a proposal, Karen. You were saying you were talking about the movie, and I was thinking, well, this is a book club, not a movie club, but maybe we should be having a movie. Club. <laughs> I mean, I do like movies, and that's a lot less of a time commitment. And if this is a side this, note, by the time this comes out, 1917 might not be in the theaters. Oh, I saw it today. Was it good? Last night. So good. I opted to watch Little Women the second time, and so I need to see. I want to see both of those. I was a little. I love Little Women. I, yeah. They got this great buildup. I will say I, the ending wasn't as satisfying for me. It was like, okay, and here it is. <laughs> I was uh, like, the end. I'm like, anyone wait smiling I more. strangely looking up? <laughs> <laughs> there was, there was no women nurses, almost dead men. There were lots of almost dead people. No one was nursing them. <laughs> right, I think we should pick another. Okay. Let's pick our next okay. one. Okay. We're going to okay. talk about. And so, gets to pick. I've added, oh, yeah. Okay, but they're kind of crowded in there. You know, I was thinking that we should probably just be adding books. Whenever yeah, I, there's I don't have, remember yeah. what I put in here because it was two months ago. I kind of have because if you pick the one about the body thing, I changed my mind and I don't want that one anymore. Oh. So I'm just, we can, I figured Pick one. But I want it in the thing. Good. I want it the see, way I want it. That, see, but now that, you're, that now should be my family <laughs> They'll all agree. That's how she is. She wants it the way she wants it. Are we going to pick one of mine yet? We have, oh, this is, we <laughs> we're one. going to school again, ladies. No, no, no. Let's pick one of mine. Oh, I, that, okay. That was mine. <laughs> that is mine. I just forgot the time. <laughs> I think it's the same time frame, okay. too. If you, if you don't want that one, we can I choose another I would love one. something a little bit lighter for the next one. <laughs> okay. So okay. what are you going to tell them it is? No, we're going to put it back okay. in. It's a mystery. Okay. So well, I just wanted to okay, I did inside. offer that when we went, ventured into this, and you also <laughs> bravely went with me. <laughs> Okay, we are putting that back in because I do want to read it, but let's... I'd like something lighter. Let's pick something lighter. I don't even remember what's in there. Oh, this should be good. I don't know if it's lighter. This Witches is of New York. Witches I don't know what York. that is. Um, Google it. It's well It's well recommended. Okay. I just want us to pick something that I recommended in there. Is there's, kind of a, there's a few in there. We did. Wasn't this one? No, that was, not that one. One of the other ones. <laughs> I got a 
about five in there now. <laughs> well, so some you should get to pick next because two of Katie's choices came up and then we changed who picked. I think... Didn't you pull it out last time? I think I pulled it out. Yeah. I thought whoever's book it was got to pick. Yes. But but then we took your last choice from you. Well, no, because I haven't haven't had one of my books yet. No. But you did get to pull. I did. Yeah. So you got to rig it next time. I thought I did. (laughs) I got about five choices in there. (laughs) This is when statistics don't work. Yes. (laughs) The Witches of New York should be pretty good, good. I think. I don't know what that is, but... um, If I had a phone, I would... I'm looking up how long it is on Audible. Oh, that's a good good point. (laughs) Because I have been putting books aside, like looking for books, and then putting them into like an Amazon uh, list for later. So I don't... It's 14 hours. That's like two thirds of what my last <laughs> offer was, and it's a new book. It's like newish, so okay. It was written in the last decade, I think. Uh, yeah, I a can't novel? Tell. Oh, it's a series though. Two thousand seventeen. But I think it's the start. It's the first of whatever it is, isn't it? Mm, there's two books. There's two books. Do are we doing both books in the series? It's kind of weird because some of the series start and. Is this the first? This is book one. So you'd hope it stands alone. Let's start with this one. Okay. Yeah, you could put the second one in if you like it. Maybe yeah. we'll do that one okay. too. Okay, The Witches of New York. All right. Thanks, um, thanks for listen listening. Listen to it or read it. I hope, I hope that. I don't see an audiobook. I only put things in that were audiobooks. Got to knit and read gotcha. at the same time. Okay. This time I was good. I had, I read there some, I listened some. But no, then I, I got desperate listen. and listened. At three times speed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for reading with thanks. us. And thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.